What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Now, the greatest radio shows of all time. Suspense. The Shadow Node. Washington calling David Harding. Classic Radio Theater. The Great Gildersleeve. Fibber McGee and Molly. Dragnet. Gunsmoke. The Lone Ranger. Now step back into our time machine with your host, Wyatt Cox. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. Well, an hour of crime here this time around as we will hear from Suspense and an episode from uh, 1961 on this date, 62 years ago, and an episode of Boston Blackie from 77 years ago, and of course we'll wrap up the hour with the continuing saga of Lum and Abner, and where is Squire Skimp? Well, we think we know, so we'll figure it out. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Sunday. This is the 24th day of September, 267th day of the year, 98 days remaining until we get to 2024. The Office of the Attorney General established on this date in 1789, as was the United States Post Office Department. Uh, in, 19, in 1869, rather, Black Friday, gold prices, prices plummeted after Ulysses S. Grant ordered the Treasury to sell large quantities of gold after Jay Gould and James Fisk plotted to control the market. 1890, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints officially renounced polygamy. In 1906, President Teddy Roosevelt proclaimed Devil's Tower in Wyoming the nation's first national monument. In 1946, Cathay Pacific Airways founded in Hong Kong. That's one I've never flown. Uh, in 1947, Majestic 12, a secret committee of scientists, military leaders, and government officials allegedly established by secret executive order of President Truman to investigate UFO activity in the aftermath of the Roswell incident. In 1948, the Honda Motor Company founded. 1957, President Eisenhower sent the 101st Airborne Division troops to Little Rock, Arkansas to enforce desegregation. In 1960, the USS Enterprise, the first nuclear-powered aircraft carrier, launched at Newport News, Virginia. The final episode of Howdy Doody aired on this date in 1960. Say, kids, what time is it? <laughs> Howdy, 
kids and howdy, Buffalo Bob. Well, howdy, Mr. Duty. And boys and girls at home and kids in the gallery, let's go. Howdy Duty had aired for 12 years on NBC at that point. Moving from ABC Afternoons to NBC Primetime on this date in 1961, The Rocky and Bullwinkle Show. long has it been since you heard that? Uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle aired on ABC from 1959 to 1961 in black and white on Tuesday and Thursday afternoons before becoming the lead-in to Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color on ABC. In 1962, the Court of Appeals ordered the University of Mississippi to admit James Meredith, the first African-American student at the University of Mississippi. Premiering on this date in 1964, The Munsters. Gwen, Yvonne, DiCarlo, and uh, Grandpa. Uh, (laughs) 70 episodes produced. It was canceled after ratings dropped uh, to a low due to the premiere of ABC's Batman, which was in color. Munsters, all of their uh, regular shows 
uh, during their first 70-episode run were in black and white. Ratings were low during its initial two-year run. The Munsters found a large audience in syndication. Uh, the, pos- the popularity warranted a spin-off series, several films, including a theatrical release. In 1996, President Clinton signed the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty. In uh, 1996, 2005, Hurricane Rita made landfall in the U.S., devastating Beaumont, Texas, Texas and portions of southwest Louisiana. 2007, Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad gave a controversial speech on the campus of Columbia University. And in 2019, an impeachment inquiry initiated by the House against President Trump. The inquiry would pass the House but fail in the Senate, votes in both houses, strictly on party lines. Passing away on this date in history, uh, the daughter of Winston Churchill, Sarah Churchill. In, uh, let's see, Neil Hamilton, Commissioner Gordon on 60's Batman TV series. Dr. Seuss passing away on this date, Theodore Geisel, and accordionist and band leader Buckwheat Zydeco. Looking at the birthday calendar today, those born on this date include Sheila McRae from General Hospital in the 1966-70s Jackie Gleason show as Alice Cramden. Also Irish brewer Sir Alec Guinness, F. Scott Fitzgerald, from Three's Company and the Ropers, Audra Lindley as Mrs. Roper. Uh, from the Steve Allen Show, Dayton Allen born on this date. British actor and singer Anthony Newley, What Kind of Fool Am I? Wonderful voice. Uh, puppeteer Jim Henson born on this date. Uh, Paul McCartney's wife, Linda McCartney. Jerry and the Pacemaker singer, Jerry Marsden. And uh, Phil Hartman. Uh, Lou Dobbs turned 78 years old today from Hercules and Andromeda and now better known for God's Not Dead. Kevin Sorbo is 65 from Food Network. The uh, husband of uh, wrestler Gail Kim, Chef Robert Irvine, uh, 58 years of age, former WWE chairwoman Vince McMahon's daughter, Stephanie McMahon Levesque uh, from Teen Wolf. And she is Phil uh, 47 today. Uh, from Teen Wolf and Mad Men, Ian Bowen is 47. 2015's Miss Universe, a beautiful Filipina, Pia Wurzbach, 34. From Pitch Perfect, Ben, Bla- ben Platt is 30 from the whole uh, Pitch Perfect series. And WWE's Sonya Deville is 30. Those some of the people who celebrate the 24th day of September is their birthday. Now, if this is your birthday, hi. We're the four freshmen, and we just want to say Happy Birthday to you! Alrighty, let's get to the criminal shows now, and we'll start off with Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. That'll be up first from 77 years ago, September 24th, 1946. Up next on this Sunday, Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We roll on here on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox, this Sunday edition. We start off with Dick Calmer and Boston Blackie. In an episode from 77 years ago, September 24, 1946, The Tale of the Abbott Painting. Well, so the great Boston Blackie condescends to visit the lonely Henry Rice. Aren't you afraid your friends will look out and uh, find out about this, Blackie? I'll take my chances with my friends, Rice. But I'm not going to take a kicking around from you. I'm kicking you around? You know what you're doing. You're framing a murder on my friend Shorty. Oh, terribly unfair of me, isn't it? You know what it is. An out-and-out frame. The police are looking for evidence in the murder of that fellow Ashley. And you have phony evidence that makes it look as if Shorty killed him. So I do, so I do. A cigarette lighter, I think, with Shorty's initials on it. And Shorty's fingerprints on it, too. And it was found at the scene of Ashley's murder. I know, I know. I made sure it would be found. I've got it, you know. Yes, for now. But I'm getting it back. Shorty has a record. If the police connect him with Ashley's death, Shorty's as good as dead himself. Yes, he will be, won't he? (laughs) Ah, It looks as if your friend Shorty will go to the chair for murder, and you, the great Boston Blackie, won't be able to do anything about it. I might. I doubt it. Unpleasant position you're in, Blackie, but very pleasant for me. Look, I'll give you 10,000 for that lighter. Not interested. Making you miserable is worth ten times ten thousand. Then what will you take for the lighter? Nothing. You see, I have everything, Blackie. Everything. Even you in a jam. Uh, look. You're an art collector, aren't you? Yes, of a sort. Of the sort who'd like the Abbott painting in his collection? Well, now you're getting interesting. But the Abbott is not for sale, Blackie. It's in the City Art Gallery and, uh, under heavy guard. I know. But if you promise to give me Shorty's lighter, I'll get that Abbott for you. You will? How? I'll steal it. That's absolutely impossible. You let me worry about that. You can't do it, Blackie. You can't do it. Can't I? It's four o'clock in the afternoon now. By nine o'clock tonight... I'll have stolen that painting. And now, back to Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. 
enemy to those who make him an enemy, friend to those who have no friend. Look in the left-hand top drawer of my bureau, will you, Mary? I think you'll find a razor blade with a handle. All right. Should be right in the front of the drawer. See it? Uh, yeah, I have it. Here. Thanks. Blackie, why are you collecting all this stuff? I can't tell you, Mary. Why not? Because in the first place, you wouldn't like it, and in the place that ties for first, you wouldn't believe it. Mm. Now, let's see if I have everything in this bag. Well, you have a razor blade with a handle, you have a knife, rubber gloves, and adhesive tape. That's everything you asked for so far. Then I guess I have everything I need. Now, all I have to do is close the case. There. And be on my way. So long. Blackie, what are you going to do? Is it something wrong? Who, me? Do something wrong? Mary. Yes, you do something wrong, Blackie. Mary, you've hurt my feelings. All I'm going to do is get Shorty out of a jam. With a knife, a razor blade, adhesive tape, and a pair of rubber gloves? Yes. What have they got to do with getting Shorty out of a jam? A lot. And you're asking a lot of questions. I'm not getting any answers. Oh, Blackie, please tell me where you're going. I'll worry myself sick. Oh, all right. I'm going to the city art galleries. With a knife, a... And a razor blade, adhesive tape, and a pair of rubber gloves. I'm going to steal the Abbott painting. You are going to do what? Steal the Abbott painting and give it to Henry Rice. Oh, Blackie, you're not. But I am. And don't worry. As soon as he gives me Shorty's cigarette lighter, I'm going to see that the painting goes right back to the gallery. Well, I should think so, but that's not what worries me. It's how you're going to steal it. There are steel doors and steel shutters on the windows of that gallery, and, and, and there are men with guns everywhere. Oh, darling, I don't know how you can possibly steal the abbot. Don't you, Mary? Well, don't feel too badly about it. Ask a million people, and they'll tell you it can't be done. But ask me, and I'll say it can. Come in. Inspector Faraday. Yeah, Rollins. Pick up your telephone. There's <laughs> a little surprise waiting for you on the other end of the line. Now, who is it? Little Red Riding Hood? No, no. Rollins, you've been around Blackie too much. No kidding, Inspector Faraday. Somebody very interesting wants to talk to you. Yeah? And it's funny that you mentioned Blackie because he wants to talk to you about Blackie. Yeah? Who is it? Pick up your phone and see. All right, I'll pick it up. But, Rollins, if this is your idea of a joke, I'll give you an idea of what it's like to be pounding a beat. Hello? Hello, Inspector Faraday. This is Henry Rice. Henry Rice? Yes, you remember me, of course. Remember you? Rice, if it takes me a hundred years, I'm going to get... I'm so glad to see you remember me and still hold me in such high esteem. Hold you in high esteem. I'll high esteem you. I'm going to hold you for murder. My, how you love me. But I didn't call you to have you boost my ego. I thought perhaps you'd like to know something about your friend Boston Blackie. I know all I want to know about him. Oh, but you don't, Inspector. You don't. You've always wanted to send Blackie to the same iron-covered cottage you have for me, but you've never been able to prove anything against him. I will someday. Really? Well, Inspector, this is that day. Yeah? What are you talking about? Blackie and what he's going to do tonight. He's going to steal the Abbott painting from the city art gallery. He's what? You heard me, Faraday. Yes, I heard you. But I don't believe you. I'm not asking you to believe me. I just wanted you to know that the painting was to be stolen. And yet you couldn't keep Blackie from getting it. Have a pleasant night, Inspector. Listen, Rice, I... Now, wasn't that sort of a surprise, Inspector? Oh, you're still here, Rollins? Yeah, it was a big surprise. And guess what he wanted. What? 
To tell me Blackie is trying to steal the Abbott painting from the city art gallery tonight. Trying to steal the Abbott? <laughs> oh, no. Get that, Rollins. Rice thinks I'm dumb enough to fall for that. Yeah, you'd have to be dumb to fall for it. Not even Blackie could break into the city gallery, much less break out of it with the Abbott painting. <laughs> oh, no. yeah, not even Blackie. Why, that painting is that painting is so heavily guarded that... <laughs> so heavily guarded that... Rollins, stop laughing and get me a squad car. Yeah. If Blackie's going to steal the Abbott, what are we laughing about? No, Inspector Faraday, the gallery isn't closed. We're open till nine tonight. I see, Mr. Lawrence. Uh, then you still have your regular number of guards on duty, huh? Oh, oh, yes, of course, of course. Even though there are few people in the gallery this late, it's, it's almost closing time. And nothing's missing? Well, believe me, this place wouldn't be so quiet if anything were missing. <laughs> Much less the Abbott painting you thought was going to be stolen tonight. I didn't think it was going to be stolen, Mr. Lawrence. I just heard a rumor that somebody was after it, and I came down here to check. Just routine. Well, I, I certainly appreciate your interest in my gallery, Inspector. Oh, uh, may I show you around? No, thanks. I have to get back to headquarters. Sorry if I had you worried about your Abbott painting, uh, Mr. Lawrence. Oh, I don't ever worry about it, Inspector. <laughs> it's the most heavily guarded painting in my gallery. Why, even... Not even... <laughs> well, what was that? Sounds like someone broke a window in the front part of the gallery. Yes, and there was a scream in that gallery there, too. Come on. I think we'd better have a look over there. Yes, I think we'd better. Here, what happened here? What happened? I don't know, Mr. Lawrence. I just standing here, and all of a sudden, the window behind me broke. Someone must have thrown a stone in from the outside. No, sir. Nothing fell in here. I'd say someone in here threw something out the window. Well, did you see anyone throw anything? No, sir. None of these people here threw anything. Must have been thrown by someone standing where I couldn't see them, sir. Mr. Lawrence! Mr. Lawrence! Here comes another one of your guards, Mr. Lawrence. Yes, yes, and from the Abbott Gallery, too. Mr. Lawrence! Mr. Lawrence! All of a sudden, the lights went out. When I turned them on, the Abbott painting was missing. Well, what? turn in the alarm quickly. Tom's gone to turn it on already. Well, throw the switch that locks the doors and the window shutters. All taken care of, Mr. Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, there goes the alarm. Oh, dear, the Abbott's stolen. I, I, I can't believe it. I can, Mr. Lawrence. Round up everybody in the place. Don't let anybody out. I want to question everybody. Even though I know the guy who stole your painting. <laughs> All right, Blackie. I've questioned and searched everybody in the place, including you. And no one has the painting. Where is it? You did the questioning and the searching. You tell me where it is. That painting's been cut out of its frame. You cut it out and got rid of it. Now, how did you get it out of here? The painting is missing? You know very well it is. Because you stole it. You can prove that, of course. No, I can't prove it. But you're here. I got a tip you'd steal it and the painting is missing. That's all I need to know. Oh, no, Faraday, you also need to know where the painting is. And until you know that, you can't say I stole it. All right, all right. I can't say you stole it. But I can think it. You can what? Think? You can think it. Faraday, you couldn't think your way out of a revolving door. Uh, Tell me something. Uh, there was a commotion on the other end of the gallery just before the painting was stolen. What was that? Oh, somebody threw something out of a window. The painting, maybe? No, it was just a stone. I thought maybe it had the painting wrapped around it or something. But a cop on the street saw it fall. That was just a stone. You're sure? Yeah, that was part of the thief's scheme. To create a commotion in another part of the gallery so he could come in here, turn out the light, and grab the abbot. Oh, yes. Very clever idea. It was your idea. And I know it. But can you prove it? No, I can't prove it. Then, of course, I can go. Yes, you can go. But when I find that painting, Blackie, your friends will find you in jail.
Oh, good morning, Mary. Come on in. You better let me come in. Have you seen the morning paper? No. What have I done now? You've stolen the Abbott painting. Oh, that's not news. That's old stuff. I did that last night. Yes, but how did you do it, Blackie? The way it was guarded, with even Inspector Faraday there. Oh, just a genius, that's all. Just sort of an... There's a phone call for you, genius. <laughs> Thanks. Hello. Good morning, Blackie. This is Henry Rice. Oh, Henry. Good morning. Yes, isn't it, though? And I see in the papers where you had a good night. Oh, fair. <laughs> you got the avid, Blackie. How did you do it? How did you do the impossible? It wasn't easy, Rice. I just made it look that way. We'll get back to Boston Blackie from 77 years ago, September 24th, 1946, when Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox continues following these messages. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Got a note from someone that uh, they didn't want to listen to anything sponsored by Michael and Dell and MyPillow. Well, God love you. I will tell you this, I do sleep on a MyPillow every night, and it has been good for me and keeps me very comfortable. And if you want to give your uh, uh, youngsters a leg up in college by making sure they get the best sleep possible, uh, get the MyPillow for their bedroom. The MyPillow Limited Edition 20th Anniversary Pillow is now on sale as low as $19.98, king size $10 more. You can also get them percale sheets and towels and comforters and bathrobes get it all in one set and uh there you go everything you need uh for your youngsters sleep as they are in school because you know that sleep's very important for them getting a good education uh, go to mypillow.com click on the radio listener square use my promo code wyatt that's w-y-a-t-t wyatt and uh, get your best savings possible get these special deals or call one 800 928-4715-1-800-928-4715 and use my promo code Wyatt. All righty, and give that youngster a leg up on a good education. 
Let him sleep on a my pillow. Okay, let's get back to Dick Calmer and Boston Blackie from 77 years ago, September 24th, 1946. And now back to Boston Blackie. Blackie's friend Shorty is being framed for the murder of a man named Ashley. Gang leader Henry Rice, who hates both Blackie and Shorty, has the phonied evidence against Shorty, and in order to get it, Blackie promises to steal the valuable and heavily guarded Abbott painting. The morning papers announce that the painting has been stolen. And as we return to our story, Blackie is asking Henry Rice to keep his part of the bargain. All right, Rice. I stole the painting for you. Where's the cigarette lighter with Shorty's fingerprints on it? Where's the painting, Blackie? I'll deliver it. I'll surrender the lighter on delivery of the painting. Oh, no. I don't trust you. You crossed me. You tipped off Faraday that I was going to steal the Abbott. But I got the painting for you just the same. Give me the lighter and I'll deliver the painting. <laughs> Fair enough. Here it is. Thanks. Now, uh, when do I get the painting? In a little while. But tell me something. Why did you call Faraday and tell him I was going to steal the Abbott if you wanted the painting so much? To tell you the truth, Blackie, much as I wanted that Abbott, I didn't much care whether you got the painting or Faraday got you. No? No. You see, it's hard for me to decide which I do most. Like that painting or dislike you. Faraday speaking. Hello, Inspector. This is your old pal, Blackie. Listen, you, I don't want to talk to you until you're ready to tell me what you did with that painting. And then I'm going to talk to you through bars. You mean they're putting you in a cage? I'll cage you, Blanky. What do you want? I want you to meet me at the City Art Gallery so I can give you the Abbott painting. I wanted you in on this, too, Mr. Lawrence, uh, in case Blanky's just pulling another fast one. I, uh... I don't know too much uh, about pictures. Well, I'm glad you called me in, Inspector Faraday. The abbot was stolen from this room. Oh, uh, Blackie, uh, how did you do it? And where is the abbot now? One thing at a time, Mr. Lawrence. You can see how I stole the painting. There's the frame for it, still there on the wall, empty. Yes, you cut the picture out of its frame, that's obvious. But uh, when, how did you do it without anyone seeing you? Well, that was the easiest part of it. I waited until there was no one here, then caused that commotion outside. And while and... everybody was in the front hall of the gallery, you had time enough to cut the abbot out of its frame, roll it up, and take it away. Yes, but not very far. Come on. The abbot's in the next room. Taped to the back of another picture. Oh, thank heavens, man. I, I thought we'd seen the last of the abbot forever. Uh, where? Which picture? Right there. The painting of the two children of... Hey. hey it's gone. Huh? It was hanging there last night. Blackie. We sold that painting out a half hour ago. What? Yes, yes, to a man named, named Smith. Uh, Smith from Kansas City. Smith from Kansas City, huh? I know who that is, all right. An old friend of mine. See you fellas later. Oh, no, Blackie, you're not going anywhere. This is another one of your tricks. You're coming to... Not to jail, Faraday. At least not with this gun in my hand. Uh, uh, a gun? Oh, good heavens, why... Good heavens, Mr. Lawrence? Uh-uh. Goodbye. <laughs> Mary, this is Blackie. Oh, hello, Blackie. Did you give the painting back to Inspector Faraday the way you promised? I tried to, Mary, but I couldn't. It's gone. Gone? 
Sold to a man named Smith from Kansas City for $250. Oh, Blackie, no. No is right, Mary. I think I know who has it, and it's not John Smith, and he's not from Kansas City. All right, who has it? A man who seems to like to play tag. And Mary, if you don't mind, I'd like you to get into the game. I don't see any reason for this call of yours, Blackie. As you can see, I am Smith of Kansas City, and uh, I have what I want. You mean you're Henry Rice of New York, and you think you have what you want. <laughs> oh, then what is that painting hanging on the wall behind my desk? Two very lovely children. Recognize it? Yes, that's the painting I taped the abbot to. Surprised? Frankly, I am. I didn't think you were smart enough to figure out how I'd steal it. But I was smart enough, wasn't I? I arrived at your method of stealing it by the simple process of elimination, my dear Blackie. You see, it couldn't be taken out of the gallery, and so when I heard it was missing, I knew it must still be in the gallery. And so I looked, and so I found it. Oh, fine. Is the abbot still taped to the back of that painting on your wall? Uh, not quite. You'll never find the abbot, I can assure you. Even if I did find it, Rice, I wouldn't be finding the abbot. No? No. If you knew anything about art at all, you'd know the painting I stole for you was a phony. I don't believe it. Look at it closely and you'll see. Come on, we'll look at it together and I'll prove it to you. No, 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 Blackie. You can be more clever than that, really. I can look at the painting myself and tell whether or not it's authentic. Then go ahead, look at it. And have you followed me to it? Oh, no, 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 no. Then you're going to spend the rest of your days with a phony painting. But that's not my worry. You know, Blackie, you've aroused my curiosity. I hate to think I've been cheated, but I think you'd better stay here while I go look at it, if you don't mind. I do mind. What was the buzzer for? You'll see. Ah, there. Turn around and look at the reason for the buzzer. Come in, Max. Yeah, boss, sure. Where did you find a guy this big? In the Redwood Forest? <laughs> Rather overgrown youngster, isn't he? Uh, Max, I have to run out a minute. Do you think you could, uh persuade this fellow to remain here and quietly until I return? Oh, sure, boss. I got a friend here in my pocket could convince him like this. <coughs> Some convincer, huh, boss? That's good work, Max. <laughs> that should keep him asleep for a little while. I'll be back in a few minutes. Hey, hey, you know something, boss? What? I like to hit guys on the head. It does something to me. Come to now, huh? Good. I'll let you get up, and then I'll hit you again with my blackjack. Oh, hi, boss. You're back, huh? Yeah. Oh. Hi. Hello, Rice. You see the painting? Yes. And it's authentic, all right. Hmm? Never mind. You wouldn't understand, Max. Blackie, your trick, alas, didn't work. Well, uh, you can't... Blame a guy for trying, can you? <laughs> no. You'll never find the abbot, Blackie. You know, I've outsmarted you at every turn. I feel rather good about that. I'll get that painting back. You'll never even see it again. Now, don't you envy me, Blackie. I have the abbot painting. I'm free and clear of any suspicion. But the police are looking for you, and you don't even know where I've hidden the painting. Well, now, I think you've done everything you can for me, Blackie. 
You may go now. Well, thanks for something, anyway. No hard feelings, Blackie. Here, I'll make amends by taking you to the top of the steps. Well, here we are, Blackie. Just one flight down, and you're in the street. And I suppose you think out on my feet, too. <laughs> I trust not. You'll need to be rather nimble to sidestep the police. Don't forget, they're looking for you. Thanks for the warning. Don't mention it. <laughs> Good girl, Mary. You're here right on time. Did everything work all right? Perfectly. I did just what you told me on the phone. I waited outside Rice's office door, and I followed him down the steps, and from then on I didn't let him out of my sight till he went into another building. But, um, where's the abbot? You show me the building Rice went into, and I'll show you the abbot. This is the door he went into when you followed him, Mary? Yes, Blackie. Uh, this is a warehouse. But warehouse, a palace, this is where Rice hid the abbot. Yeah, but it's such a big warehouse. We'll find it. Come on, let's go in. Say, the door's unlocked. That's good. No, that's bad. Means there's probably a guard around here somewhere. Mm. Shh. Well, this seems to be nothing but an anteroom. Um, there's another door there. Should we try that one? Uh Uh-huh, come on, but quietly. Don't worry. No. Shh. I hear footsteps. Yes, and I see the man who's making them. Oh, oh, I see something else, too. This is a gambling casino. It's empty now, but Rice must use this place every night. Uh-huh. And here comes Mr. Footsteps. We'll have to take care of him before we do anything else. I hope he isn't as big as that Max you were telling me about. No, he isn't, but he's got a gun. Be quiet, or we'll be telling the angels about him. You're so right. Shh, here he comes. Hey, you. Thanks for turning your chin. Why, Blackie, you hit him only once, you selfish. Not even a second sock for me. Mary, I would gladly trade that second sock for a second sight that would help me find the abbot. Oh! Any luck in finding the painting over there, Blackie? No, Mary. I may find it under this tabletop. Well, I have torn things apart till I'm exhausted. The last place I'm going to look. Well, look over the old places again. We may have missed something. Oh, dear. Well, it's not here. I'm going to rest a minute. I'll rest in a minute. Mm. Not here. I'll try this. Over here, maybe under this table. Nope, nothing here. I'll try over there. Mind if I play a little roulette while you look? No, go ahead. I love roulette. When it's for fun. I love looking for things when I can find them. Uh Uh-oh. Red and even. The situation here is black and odd. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I guess Rice has us fooled completely. Oh, no, Blackie. You'll find it. Want to quit for a while and, uh, play a little roulette? No, I'm going to start thinking again. I'm sure if Rice came here, the painting is in here. Red and even. Let's see where the little ball stops this time. I wish it would stop on the painting if I... That's it. What? Stand back, Mary. That roulette wheel has turned for the last time. What are you going to do? Take that table leg here and smash the roulette wheel. Oh, golly. In a million pieces. And I was just about to spin it and make a fortune. Mary, we've found a fortune. 
Look under what's left of the wheel. Well, uh, looks like a roll of canvas. Here, look at it. When I take it out and unroll it, look. The painting! Yes, the painting, Mary. And suddenly the whole picture is changed. Well, Blackie, so you went to all the trouble of stealing the Abbott just because of Shorty's lighter. Yes. Now, Shorty has his lighter, and the art gallery has its Abbott, and everybody is happy, I suppose. Well, I'm not happy. Why didn't you tell me Rice was framing Shorty and let me get that lighter from him? Because by the time you'd have cleared Shorty, he'd have been sent to the electric chair. Shorty was innocent. Of course he was. If you're unhappy because I didn't let you help clear Shorty, I'm unhappy because Henry Rice was the cause of all this, and he's going free. Oh, no, he isn't. You've arrested him? Well, what for? Running a gambling joint? No, we couldn't prove that. But the D.A. has a great case against him, Blackie. And all because Rice made you steal that painting. But you can't say Rice stole the painting. I did. Yes, you stole it, Blackie. But who got it after you stole it? Well, Rice did. Uh Oh, I'm beginning to see a little flaw in Rice's master plan. And what a flaw. You didn't actually steal the Abbott. Technically, all you did was move it from one room to another. So that clears you. I'm sorry to say, but the painting was taken out of the gallery, so Rice goes to jail for receiving stolen property. Good work, Faraday. This all started with Shorty's cigarette lighter, but it looks like Rice met his match. And there you go, from 77 years ago, September 24th, 1946, Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Upcoming next, an episode of Radio's Outstanding Theater of Thrills, Suspense, here on Classic Radio Theater. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox on your favorite station. Radio's Outstanding Theater of Thrills Suspense from 62 years ago, September 24, 1961, is up next, and it's entitled The Man in the Fog, and it will be followed by an Alan Jackson Chevrolet newscast. So uh, enjoy another step back, and I know a lot of you have said you enjoy the news of the day of these things, so let's listen to this episode of Suspense.
And now, a tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. A man walks in the fog, and a woman dies. Terror grips the city, and the police are helpless. For the murders are without pattern and apparently without motive. Listen now to Act One of The Man in the Fog, starring Robert Dryden and Ethel Everett, written especially for suspense by Joseph Cochran. It's horrible. Think of it, Ben. Three, now four. Ripped with a knife and left in the gutter. Oh, don't take on so, Mamie. Alive one minute, a clawing corpse the next. Why don't the police do something? I don't know why. Why don't they? They're at their wit's end is why. They do think it's a working man, though. Why? But that's like them. To blame a poor working man for anything that happens. It says the killings always happen on weekends. So they guess the one who's doing it is working the other days. If they're so smart, why don't they catch him? Well, they don't really know. Anyhow, they're doubling the night force on weekends until he's caught. Maybe he's too smart to get caught. They're asking everyone to help. And the newspaper's offering a reward. It's right here. Mm? This paper will pay 500 pounds to any person who offers a clue which leads to the arrest and conviction of the monster what? who holds the city in terror. Monster? And... That's what they're calling a poor working man. Oh, what I could do with 500 pounds... I'd get a new oilcloth for the table and paint the kitchen, maybe a new sink, and then well, I'd Well, you up... ain't got it, so stop thinking of all the things you'd spend it for. Supposing we could give the police an idea which would lead them to this killer. Where would you get an idea? You don't know anything about this sort of thing. I didn't get it from you. Of that, you can be sure. <sighs> all right. What's this idea? Why should I tell you when all you ever did was to make fun of me when I tried to win a little money for us? Oh, them puzzle contests. Uh, you spent a lot of time and never won a thing. This is different. What's your idea? I'm not sure I'm going to tell you. It ain't right to keep things from your husband. You keep things from me. What things? You don't tell me where you go on Saturdays and Sundays. Can't a man take a walk without his wife say so? Now, you tell me, you or... You don't I'll... need to shout at me. I was going to tell you all along, but you turned up your nose at the idea of getting some money. Here, look at this map. So, it's a map of the city. What about it? See them four crosses? Yes. Well, each one marks the spot where a woman was killed. And when you connect them up, it makes an almost perfect square. Ah, anybody can make a square like that. Put that map flap on the table and I'll show you something. All right, now it's on the table. Now what? Well, here's where my idea comes in. Whoever's doing the killing lives inside that square. Oh, my sweet, there's over a million people living inside that square. But the killer goes in a different direction each time. How do you know that? Well, it just stands to reason he's not going to kill a woman in front of his own house. He takes a different direction so as not to have two happen in the same place. Suppose he does live inside the square. How are the police to know Wait whether... Wait a minute. 
That's where the rest of my idea comes in. I take a ruler and I draw two diagonal lines connecting the opposite corners like this. Uh, What's that for? He most likely lives close to where them two lines cross. Ah, uh, I can't make out any names on this map. Now, let's see. This line comes along and it crosses. Ben. What's the matter? The lines. Then the lines cross right here in our own block. Ben, maybe it's someone we pass on the street every day. <laughs> Hey, what are you doing here? Come on, dearie, get up. This is no place to be sleeping. Come on, get up. Here, I'll give you a hand. Oh. Mother in heaven. Ben! Ben, it's happened again. Right here in our room, block. What are the lights on for? Just like all the others did and lying in the gutter. Turn off them lights. They cost money. I'm scared. Didn't you hear me? Your wife's been here all alone, dying with fear. Don't you know there's been a murder almost on our doorstep? Oh, quit screeching. I know it. You do? Well, how do you know if... No, police are all over the place. They stopped me coming home and wanted to know who I was and what I was doing. Why are you running the water this time of morning? Can't you see? I'm washing my hands. Seems to me you could wash up at the factory. Oh, shut up. Can't a man make himself clean without his wife yelling at him? Who's yelling? It's you they can hear all over the house. Yes, yes, yes. All right, Mamie, there's no sense in shouting at each other. Uh, uh, I'm done in. Give me some brandy. Brandy? This time of the morning. Get it. And don't give me any jaw. Brandy. Now you've got to have brandy when you get home. Quiet your tender nerves, I suppose. Here. Heaven knows after what's happened, it's me that needs it. Ah. Ah. Ah, that's the stuff. Oh, Mammy, you do do done in. You better take one. Well, just a drop. Yeah. This time it didn't happen on a weekend. No, it didn't. So, maybe it ain't a working man after all. I didn't say it was. It was the police's idea. And what about your fancy idea of him going in a different direction each time? Well, I don't know what to think now. Ah, maybe you ain't so smart after all. Maybe you better tend to the housework and forget about rewards. I'm going to bed. Well, are you coming? Oh, I'll be along in a minute. Oh, Marty, I ain't choose a fancy one. What's that? You just got through washing your hands, so don't you remember? No. I didn't. Paulie. Oh, yes, Mr. Britt. Uh, anything resembling a clue in those letters? Oh, they're the usual stuff. Six confessions, plenty of advice on how to catch him. Yes, yeah, sir. Well, what's that one? Oh, that's from a Mrs. Ben Cast. Uh, she notices that if you connect the four murder locations, it forms a square. Huh. A big help. 
Everyone, including the police, noticed that. And she's got the idea the killer must live where the two diagonals cross. It's the date that uh, made me put it aside. Oh, let me see that. Oh, mailed on the 24th. Night of the last murder. Yes, and it took place within 100 feet where the lines cross on the map, sir. Of course, it could be coincidence. Hmm, could be, could be. Well, we'll have to make a routine call on Mrs. Cast. Are you the timekeeper? That's right. What can I do for you? My husband forgot his lunch. Could you see it was sent in to him? All right. What's his name? Cast. Ben Cast. He works in the grinding shed. He didn't check in tonight. You mean he's not here? Here's his card. It's not punched. But he left home at the regular time. <laughs> Maybe he's out with a blonde. But Ben <laughs> never misses work. He's never stayed away before. As He's pretty regular. He missed work only once before this month. Uh, before tonight, I mean. Once before? When was that? Well, let's see. Here it is. Wednesday, the 24th. The 24th? Yes. Wednesday. No. No, it can't be. That was the night of the... Here it is. That time clock doesn't lie. Good Lord. I say, what's the matter? Nothing. I'm all right. You don't look like it, Mrs. Cast. You better take the bus home. You shouldn't be out alone in this fog with that fellow still at large. I guess you know what I mean. Ben, is that you? Of course it's me. Has it been another? Don't pester me with questions. I'm done in. I walked in. Uh, if you're looking for the brandy, it's on the table. Hello, Cast. I see you brought your lunch tonight. I got to eat, don't I? Well, the other night when you forgot it, your wife brought it down. That's the night you didn't check in. She was here? Yes. You told her I didn't come to work? Oh, what else could I tell her? If you wanted me to cover for you, you should have let me know. Well, good night, Mrs. Cass. Sorry to have bothered you, but the police have to make a check of every letter, and uh, we do appreciate your desire to help catch this murderer. Good night, sir. Good night. What do you think, sir? Oh, well, she's a very frightened woman. I just can't blame her. First a murder, a stone's throw away, then the police drop in. Yes, uh, better run a check on her husband just to be on the safe side. You know where he works and all that sort of thing. Who's there? Oh, Ben. What are you doing home? Don't. You're hurting my arm. The minute my back's turned, you call the police. No, no, Ben. They came to ask me about the letter. It don't mean a thing. They said so. They just had to check all the letters. They get dozens of them. What did you tell them? Nothing. Honest. There was nothing I could tell them. They asked about me, didn't they? I had to tell them I was married and that you worked night. Did they ask you about Wednesday night? No. No, they didn't ask. W what Wednesday? 
Then please let go my arm. The night you brought my lunch to the factory. The night you left the brandy out for me. I knew you'd be tired after working hard all night. It's good when you're tired. Let me get your glass now. Wednesday. You followed me. You left the brandy. You know, don't you? I don't know anything, then. I don't... I don't want to know. You don't have to tell me where you go or what you do, Ben. Ben, then you're hurting me. I'll never ask again. You said I was a monster. You want me to get caught so as you can get the money. No, Ben, I don't want the money. I tore the map up. It was a crazy idea. Didn't mean anything. The men said so. You put them on my no, trail. Uh, They'll go to the factory. They'll ask questions. They'll be after me like hound dogs, sniffing and baying at my heels because of you. All because of you. Ben, please. Please listen to me. Put down the knife. It's all up with me because of you. But I'll finish you just like I've finished all the others. Ben, listen. Ben, you... You need me now more than you ever did. But Ben, 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 I can help you. I'm the only one who can help you throw them off the scent. You led them to me. How are you going to lead them away? You, you need someone to swear you was home all those nights you didn't go to work. Don't, don't you see, Ben? I'm the only one who can do that. Suppose they ask where you were those nights. I'll say I was at home. But they won't believe you. Not unless you have someone to back you up. You've got to have an alibi. Alibi? Someone who'll say you couldn't be near the place the time it happened. Yeah. Not going to snitch on me? No, Ben. Never. I'll never tell. Please put away the knife. Well, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. You've got to let me live. Because without an alibi, they'll hang you. You'll say I was at home those nights? I'll swear. I'll swear it, Ben. Who else can do that for you? Ben, you're tired. Let me get you some brandy. Yeah. Brandy. That's what I need. Get it. Well, here's the picture, Hawley. For a time, the murders took place on weekends. Then they stop but take place in the middle of the week. And on Wednesday, the 24th, Cast doesn't report for work. First time in six years. Two weeks later, Cast misses work again. And there's another murder. Yes, he's our man, all right. But proving it, it's another matter. And there hasn't been another since we questioned him. Oh, he'll try again. It's only a matter of time. Do you really think so, sir? Oh, sure of it. But assuming it is cast, wouldn't he be a fool to try again? Whoever it is, he can't help himself. He'll try again and again. Until he's caught. And all we can do is stand by and wait for it to happen again. That's it. We know that it'll happen. We know how it'll happen. But we don't know when and we don't know where. Uh, what does the weatherman say? Heavy fog rolling in, sir. Chilly enough without opening the window and filling the room with a damp fog. Thick, heavy fog. I can't see the corner light. 
close the window. Uh, I like the smell of cool, wet fog. Then ain't it time you started for work. Ben. Huh? What'd you say? It's time you started for work. I'm not going tonight. Not going? What's come over you? I don't like the factory on nights like this. You'll stay in, Ben, won't you? If you don't go to work. The walls press in on me. I want to walk in the cool, wet fog. It's all about one, but it doesn't press in. It's a wall all round, but it gives way as I walk into it. No. Now stay home if you wish, but don't go walking in the fog. He'll call the factory and tell them I'm not coming in. Then please, if I call them, will you promise not to... Do as I say! All right, I'll go phone. I'll be right back. Hello? I'm calling for Ben Cast. He's sick and he won't be in tonight. No, no, not serious. He'll be in tomorrow night. Yes, yes, tomorrow. Ben, I... I got the timekeeper. Ben... Ben, why have you got your slicker on? You promised me you'd never walk in the fog again. There's someone out there calling me. You're talking wild. It's my mission... There's a soul out there begging to be released from the claws of the flesh so as it can soar up to heaven. Ben, Ben, don't. Get out of my way. Mr. Brett, you've got to put him away. He'll kill me if he knows I came to Mrs. you. Mrs. Kirst, we can't use anything you've told us in court because a wife cannot testify against her husband. But he killed them, I know it. And then again, he never actually confessed it to you. All we've got is that each time he missed work, there was a murder. What are we going to do now? Well, first, I've got to get a confession out of him. You'll never do that. After I talked him out of killing because he needed an alibi, he's become more sure of himself than ever. Woman for his alibi. Hmm. Well, uh, you wait, Mrs. Cast. I've ordered him brought in. You'll not let him see me, will you? That, uh, depends. Mr. Cast, on Wednesday the 24th, there was a murder not far from your home. Everybody knows that. Yes, and, uh... On Wednesday the 24th, you missed work for the first time in six years. I didn't feel well, so I stayed home. And uh, two weeks later, there was another murder. You missed work a second time in six years. Man can get sick, can't he? Two hours ago, a woman was killed. And the third time in six years, you didn't report for work. Where were you two hours ago, Mr. Kirst? I was at home. And uh, those other nights, where were you? Home? Well, I'm glad to hear that. 
You understand, though, we can't just take your word for it. Now, if there was someone who could testify for you... You may... mean if I had an alibi? Exactly. Well, I have got an alibi. My wife will swear I was home those nights. But, uh, she's a woman, Mr. Cast. She'll swear to it. But you know how sneaky women are. How they'll lie their heads off. What traps they set for men. Yes. I know. Yes, they'll swear not to do something, and a moment later, they'll do the opposite. But Mamie said she wouldn't do... I, I but mean... she's a woman, Mr. Cast. Don't forget how greedy they are. And there's a reward out for the killer. Uh, yes. Mamie wanted the reward. Ben. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, just between you and me, understand? I'm not to tell anybody else. Right. I hate women, too. Oh, yes? Those women who got the knife in the fog, they all had it coming to them. Yes. They had it coming to them. Look, Ben. I, uh... I want to show you something. Now... Who's that woman talking to my man? Mamie. And he's writing down what she says. As I said, you can't depend on them. Well, Mamie, she's, she's my alibi. What will I do? She's the only one who can swear where I was those nights. You and she, can I... tell me, Ben, because I understand. Now... Tell me where you really were those nights. Tell me how you walked in the cool, wet fog that formed a blanket all around you. Tell me how a dim figure of a woman would come out of the fog. How your hand would go to the knife. The knife. Ben? The knife? Yes. You do understand things. Uh, you do understand me. My hand would go to the knife all by itself. It would take it. I could hear a soul wailing in the body of a woman, begging, begging to be freed from the claws of the flesh. And then my hand would lift the knife and in a minute the soul would be free. And then my head would stop hurting. Suspense. You've been listening to The Man in the Fog. Starring Robert Dryden and Ethel Everett, and written especially for suspense by Joseph Cochran. Suspense is produced and directed by Bruno Zerato Jr., music supervision by Ethel Huber. Also featured in tonight's story were Mercer McLeod, Lawson Zerby, and Guy Rett. Listen again next week when we return with No Hiding Place, written by William N. Robeson. 
Another tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. They sing, too. Carol Burnett and Richard Hayes, weeknights on the CBS Radio Network. Chevrolet spotlights the news. Chevrolet, in behalf of your local authorized Chevrolet dealer, who invites you to see the new 1962 Chevrolets on Friday, September 29th, brings you Alan Jackson with the latest news from the CBS newsroom. The president is conferring with his advisors in New York. The attorney general had a word on nuclear weapons. The stories in a moment. After a word from Chevrolet. May I help you, sir? Oh, yes. I'd like to see some of those 62, uh, I mean 62 Chevrolet cars. I'm afraid you're a bit early, sir. Hmm? The new 62 Chevrolets and Corvairs won't be shown to the public until September 29th. September 92nd? I mean September 29th? Yes, sir. That's the day we Chevrolet dealers unveil the 62 Chevrolets, Corvairs, but, and the uh, totally couldn't you new... show me a picture of what the bo- they book like? I mean, what they look like? Not until September 29th. Oh, rats the regulars. I mean, that's ridiculous. Oh, sorry, sir, but I'm afraid you'll just have to wait until Friday, September 29th. Well, baby, I mean, maybe you could tell me something about them. I mean, something about them. Well, the new 1962 Chevrolets and Corvairs are absolutely beyond description. And the totally new line of cars yes. is... Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. You'll just have to wait until September 29th. Uh, but mating, I, I mean, waiting makes me no service. I, I mean, uh, so nervous. I mean, couldn't you... Not uh... until Friday, September and it twined. I mean, Friday, September 29th. Are you trying to fake money of me? Two more names have been added to the meeting President Kennedy is having in New York this evening. Arthur Dean, who headed our delegation at the disarmament talks, and John McCloy, the president's advisor on disarmament, were called in to join Secretary Rusk and Ambassador Stevenson in a preview of the speech the president will deliver to the U.N. General Assembly tomorrow. He flew down from Cape Cod a little over an hour ago. The Russians, in a memo to the U.N. on the eve of the opening of the new General Assembly session, reasserted that they will unconditionally accept any Western proposals for control measures if the West will first accept Premier Khrushchev's program for general and complete disarmament. The president's brother, Attorney General Robert Kennedy, in a broadcast interview, said there is no question that the president would use nuclear weapons, if necessary, to save the freedom of Berlin. If we retreated Berlin, he said, we will never be able to stand up again. Democratic Senator Mike Mansfield says there are some things in the Berlin crisis which can be negotiated, things which don't affect the freedom of West Berlin or the security of the free world. And he said that de facto recognition of the East German communists might well be inevitable. There have already been angry protests by some West Germans at the idea of any form of recognition, but Mansfield pointed out that the West Germans themselves already recognize East Germany in one form, that is, more than $300 million worth of trade agreements every year. The communists of Berlin are still having trouble keeping their reluctant citizens out of the West, despite the new concrete wall, barbed wire, and other barricades along the city dividing line. At least 20 East Berliners escaped to freedom during the day by jumping out of windows, scrambling through barbed wire, and climbing over the wall, and some made their way into the western side of town by digging a tunnel through the wall of a stable on the border. Three Air Force servicemen were killed in the crash of an Air Force transport plane in Wilmington, North Carolina. The plane had just taken off with newsmen and members of the skydiving parachute team preparing to jump for an air show down below. 
It stalled on takeoff and crashed on the edge of the field in full view of the spectators and a TV audience watching over the local TV station. Eleven other persons aboard the plane were injured. Death came to a career diplomat at his home in New Jersey, Sumner Wells, a former Undersecretary of State, died at the age of 68. The exact cause of his death was not announced. It was Wells who coined the phrase good neighbor policy in describing our attitude toward the nations of Latin America. Argentina's President Frondizi is on his way to New York where he'll meet with President Kennedy Tuesday morning. And there are hints in Rio that Brazil's new President Goulart would be pleased to accept an invitation to visit the President in Washington. And so-called informed sources are suggesting that such an invitation likely will be sent within the next few weeks. That's the news. Now a word from Chevrolet. This is Art Baker speaking for Chevrolet in behalf of your local authorized Chevrolet dealer who invites you to see the new 1962 Chevrolets coming Friday, September 29th. Remember, Chevrolet brings you the news 12 times each weekend on CBS Radio. Commercials were different back then. They kind of hit you different, didn't they? Uh, September 24th, 1961, Suspense. You're listening to Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. And we'll take you to Pine Ridge, Arkansas. But first... Let's get you to Pine Ridge, Arkansas for at least a part of this episode of Lum and Abner. I know that uh, Lum's heading for Tulsa uh, to try to find Squire Skimp. This episode from 88 years ago, September 24th, by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. I know you're all anxious to hear the old fellows, but first, one minute, please. What I'm going to say is not new to a lot of you, but it's mighty important to others. To those listeners, I mean, who are still suffering sleepless, restless nights because they've not yet become acquainted with Horlicks. To these listeners, I have only one thing to say. Tonight, just before you go to bed, drink a glass full of Horlicks hot. And I know you'll find it a great help in getting to sleep. Once asleep, you'll sleep much sounder, too. Be more refreshed next morning. And there's a reason for that, a scientific reason. A nourishing, easy-to-digest drink like Horlicks, taken just before retiring, has been shown to reduce restlessness, to soothe and relax you, enabling you to get maximum rest from your hours of sleep. Just try it. Try Horlicks tonight. And then keep a package on hand. It's easily, quickly prepared at home and can be obtained in either natural or chocolate flavor. And now, let's see what's happening down in Pine Ridge. Lum's only chance for acquittal on the charges of violating the Blue Sky Law is to produce Quire Skin, the promoter of the fake silver mine, before the case comes to trial. 
Well, yesterday, they learned that the missing squire is now in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Lum is planning a trip to Tulsa to bring him back for trial. As we look in on Pine Ridge today, we find Lum and Abner over at Lum's house making preparations for the trip. Listen. Uh, this valise uh, here is about full, Lum. I, I can't get these house slippers in here. Well, I never meant to take them anyway. What all have you got in there, for goodness sake? Why, well, I just uh, put stuff in here that I thought you'd need. Let me see. Goodness, you've got enough clothes in there to run me six months. Yeah, but now you can't tell how long it'll take to locate Squire after you get over there, though, Lon. Well, I can't be gone long. My trial comes up next week sometime. If I can't find him for then, it won't do no good no way. Yeah, that's right, yeah. What in the world is this you've got in there? Yeah, wait a minute, uh, lean over again, Lon. What for? I <laughs> dog, you sure smell good. Oh, yeah, that's that hair tonic Smoke's Moots put on me down at the barber shop all ago. Oh, yeah. Violet flavor, I believe he called it. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure is strong enough. I've been smelling it ever since you come in the room. Didn't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, you give me a good dousing with it, all right. Sort of made my eyes burn. Yeah, uh, that just reminds me, too, Lum. Y you know, I told you how that vanilla extract's been a disappearing down to store. Yeah. Have you been missing some more? Yeah, but I found out where it's been going to. Cedric's been getting in it. Cedric? Yes, sir. He's using it for perfume. <laughs> for goodness. Vanilla extract for perfumery? Yes, sir. Every time we get on that store, I get hungry. Smells like somebody baking a cake in there. <laughs> Swan to goodness. <laughs> that boy is a sight. No telling how much of that stuff he's used. Just pours it all over itself. Got the whole store to smelling like vanilla. We ought to just stop handling that vanilla flavor. Yeah, you better speak to him before he starts in on the banana or lemon or some of them other flavors. We can't just quit handling extracts just on account of him. Well, I'm a-charging them with it. Every time I get a big whiff of vanilla, well, I just go charge up another bottle to him. Now, how is he coming on the books, anyway? I've been so busy with his trouble of mine, I ain't had time to check up on him here lately. No, well, I run it up the other day, and according to my account, he owes us about four dollars more than he's got coming. Four dollars more than he's got coming? Yes, sir. Well, you better tell him if he don't stop that, we're going to fire him. Well, we can't fire him, Lom. We never would collect it. Yeah, but if he's going further in debt every week, he'd pay us to fire him now before he gets in debt any further. Here, one of these night shirts is enough. What's this down in here? Huh? Oh, oh, that's your overcoat. Overcoat? Yeah. Well, no wonder this valise is so full. Take that thing out. I don't need no big heavy coat this time of year. Well, uh, th th that's a part of your disguise, Olam. You've got to take that. Disguise? Yeah. <laughs> I bet you'd be the only feller on the streets over there with a big overcoat on. Well, of course I would. This time of year, folks would think I'd lost my mind going down the street with a big overcoat on. Well, uh, that's just it, Lom. See, you pull that coat collar up around your ears and then your hat down over your eyes and put them whiskers on, wouldn't nobody know you. What whiskers? Oh, oh, I forgot to show you. Hey, wait a minute there, down in here somewhere. Yeah, yeah, here there. Look out, what is that thing? Yeah, that's a whisker. Slip them on, see how you like them. For goodness sakes, I wouldn't put them things on my face for nothing. Where in the world you get them things anyway? Well, I made them myself. That's, that's made out of the padding out of that old settee over at the place. For goodness sakes, what in the world would I want to dress up in an outfit like that over there in Tulsi for? Why, so you can disguise yourself to where you can slip up on Squire Skim. 
I thought about getting an uh, Indian get up. But the uh, trouble is, there's so many Indians over in Oklahoma that nobody wouldn't pay no attention to you in one of them. Abner, I don't need no disguise. I ain't trying to hide from Squire. I'm trying to catch him. If anybody ought to be wearing a disguise, it's him. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, take it over and give it to him, man. I ain't got no use for it. Well, if I ever got close enough to him to give him something, I'd just fetch him on back home. Just take that stuff out of there. I don't need it. Well... All right, but looks to me like you're passing up a mighty good chance to wear a disguise lump. I know this'll work, for I tried it out on Elizabeth this morning. Fooled her with it, all right. <laughs> I had to chop up over two ricks of wood to do it, though. Had to chop up two ricks of wood? Yeah, I see, I told her that I was a tramp and, and wanted a cup of coffee. <laughs> Went up to the back door and knocked. And she said that and she believed I was Abner, so... I had to chop up all that wood to prove it to her I was a tramp. Elizabeth just about seen a chance to get some work out of you. More than likely knowed who you was all the time. Well, I'll be dead blank. Reckon she did, sure enough. Well, sure, I can see through that. She just tricked you into chopping up two rick of wood for her. I dog it, I wished I knowed for sure about that. I'd march right over there and just... No, uh Reckon ain't much I could do. It's done chopped, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a gooder known you go where doing a woman's work. <laughs> She'll have you milking the cows, the first thing you know. Yeah, I'm just glad I had on that disguise so nobody else couldn't tell who it was. I never would hear the last of it. They'd josh the life out of me down around the barber shop there if they'd catch me a chopping wood. Well, you won't catch me wearing nothing like that. Oh, well, I, I don't think Squire would try to get you to chop no wood line. No, but the whole thing's a silly, Abner. Right? Wait a minute. What's, uh -huh. what's this in this sack? It's it's warm. Ain't nothing alive in there. Oh, <laughs> I reckon them taters are still hot. Potatoes? Yeah, them sweet potatoes. That's going to be a surprise lunch. Uh, that's a uh, uh, lunch that Elizabeth fixed up for you to eat on the train. <laughs> well, I do know. Now, ain't that nice? She hadn't ought to went to all that bother with herself, though. <laughs> oh, well, that's all right now. If you don't get there till tomorrow night, why, that little snack will come in mighty handy long. You'll get awful hungry in that length of time. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing I seen it before I closed up the valise. I wouldn't know to had it till I got cleaned to Tulsi. Why, sure. What's the matter with me, anyway? <laughs> well, tell Elizabeth thank you. I weren't aiming on taking no lunch. Just sort of figured I'd have to buy sandwiches or something from that fellow runs a little store there in a the smoke car. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I do love to buy stuff from them. <laughs> I recollect when I was just a little fellow, always wanted to buy one of them little engines with them little colored candies. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> little lanterns. Yeah, low, I saw them. And Pearl, she always wanted one. Finally, I bought one for her. She got it sitting on the mantelpiece over at the place now. <laughs> But them's awful nice fellas to trade with. They're always so friendly, looks like. Yeah. What is this, fried chicken she got down in here? I don't know. i never seen her put it up. I just... Look at her. Two big pieces of cake. I well, <laughs> yeah, dog is chocolate layers cake, ain't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Mom, don't reckon that stuff would spoil before you get a chance to eat it, do you? I don't know. I was just thinking about the same thing myself, haven't Hey, Granny's, there's a drumstick, my favorite piece of chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I ought to eat some of this stuff to sort of save it, reckon? Yeah, of course, uh, you don't want to eat too much now and make yourself sick long. It, it's a lot there, you know, you don't want to do that just to save it. Uh, I could, uh, I could, uh, eat that, that wing there for you. 
Oh, that's all right, Emma. Be able to eat it all, I think, all right. Thanks. <laughs> Looks awful good, don't it? Yeah, it is good. Yeah, that's the goodest chickens I ever had. What you looking for? Oh, I just, uh, looking down in here, see what all she had here for you. Well, here's some uh, hard-boiled eggs, Lon. Yeah, good. Pass one of them up here. See any bread down in there? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's some biscuit. Yeah, <laughs> here, here. Cold biscuits and cold fried chicken. Granny's, that's something I do love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... You ain't gonna be able to eat all that hay long by yourself anyway. Well, I don't know. Well, I, I don't believe you are. Well, huh, there's a second joint. Now, that's my favorite piece of chicken. Yeah, right hand me that. I'll work on it a while. Yeah, I wish I was going to summer. Uh, do you like the wing, Long? Yeah, probably well. You asked me about that a while ago, I think. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you like nearly all the pieces, don't you? If I was you, Lom, I wouldn't try to eat both them pieces of cake, I don't believe. Well, what's the matter with them? Well, it's just awful rich, you know. Too much of it, anyway. It might make yourself sick. Yeah, that's right. Of course, I could save one piece of it till I get on the train, I reckon. Well, the trouble is, oh, it dries out so bad, Lom. I just sort of thinking maybe <laughs> I could eat Wait, one wait a minute. There comes Dick Huddleston up the front porch there. Yeah, yeah. Well... Holler at him there. Tell him to come on in. Well, howdy, Dick. Yeah, come in, come in. Well, howdy, howdy. Yeah, pretty good. Come right in, Dick. Just getting my duds packed here. Yeah, I see. Looks like you're doing a pretty good job packing that food away, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah this is a lunch Elizabeth fixed up for me to take on the train. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what I want to talk to you about, Lum. I, I don't believe you better go to Tulsa. Better not go to Tulsa. No, Grandpappy Spears and Uncle Henry Lunsford and some of the others here in town are a little uneasy about you leaving town. Oh, well, shuckins, I've read on trains before. Ain't no danger. Well, I don't think they're uneasy about that, Lum, but, uh, well, just to be honest with you, it's the ones that signed your bond to get you out of jail. They're a little afraid to let you leave town, afraid something might happen to where you wouldn't get back in time for your trial. Then they'd have to pay off the bond. They just don't want to take those chances. Well, I'll be that blame. Ain't you going, Lom? I guess I can if they don't want me to. Well, go. Abner, put that chicken down. Come back here at that lunch. Well, now, if you ain't going on a train, you don't need no lunch. Ain't no use just let this stuff go to waste. Well, Lom still has to figure out some way to get Square back in time for that trial. Prevention is better than cure, says the wise old proverb. Perhaps you don't believe in sayings, but apply that one to the common cold and you'll see how true it really is. Every winter, colds cause plenty of distress and often serious illness. Prevention would be worth millions of dollars to civilization. Science has tried, of course, tried for years, but still there's no definite solution. One thing science did discover, however, is that diet is an important factor in cold prevention. If you include plenty of Horlicks in your diet this winter, this strengthening, energy-giving drink will do much to build up your resistance to sickness. And that's because it's rich in vitamins and in bodybuilding minerals. Give Horlicks to your youngsters and to the whole family. They'll never tire of Horlicks' full, delicious flavor. You can get it from your dealer in either natural or chocolate flavor. This is Carlton Bricker. Speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlicks, who now bid you all goodbye until tomorrow at the same time.
there you have it, Lumen Abner. What's he going to do? September 24th, 1935, 88 years ago here on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Hey, visit our webpage, classicradio.stream. Uh, visit mypillow.com. Order something there using promo code Wyatt. You can also go to mystore.com. Promo code Wyatt works there as well. Alrighty, uh, see you next time tomorrow when we're around here on many of these podcast platforms with more Classic Radio Theater with me, Wyatt Cox.